right, all right, all right. It's about that time. Thank you so much for downloading today's episode of Carl Buys Houses. My name's Carl Krenzel, your host here today, here to help you with your real estate questions. Thank you so much for taking the time to download, subscribe, and rate today's podcast. I, I'm going to do my very best to tell you a little story. A little story about Jerome Powell's Romanian box. Now, if you're not familiar with a Romanian box or what this is, well, then you've not had a lot of history exposed to you with regards to financial fraud. You know, there was a fellow who lived back in 1890 through 1947, a con artist by the name of Victor Lustig. And Victor Lustig was a highly skilled con artist from Austria-Hungary who who decided from a very early age to go ahead and begin a criminal lifestyle early in the 20th century. Now, he is considered by most to be one of the most proficient and notorious con artists of all time. And if you're somewhat familiar with the name, it might be because he is the man who sold the Eiffel Tower twice. Now, one of his lesser scams that a lot of people aren't familiar with is a scam that's called the Romanian box. Now, in his life, Victor Lustig made a a pretty good uh, attempt, if you will, as a con man. He was proficient in four languages. He was an apt student. Uh, He, from all accounts, did well in school. Uh, But he did not have a taste for Uh, Anything other than trying to get something for nothing. And it it seems like that's something we all try to uh, uh, identify in others. And sometimes uh, we're not so successful. Well, Victor Lustig was one of the more successful con artists. And one of the things that he was most notable for, aside from trying to sell or in fact selling the Eiffel Tower twice, was selling unsuspecting people a box that he claimed was, well, it was just a machine that could duplicate any currency bills that were inserted into it. And now, the only catch is, you know, the device needed about six hours to print an identical copy. Now, he referred to this as the money box or a Romanian money box. Now, this box itself was ornate. I mean, if you could imagine a wooden box, and this is back in the early 20th century. I mean, we're talking 1930, 20, something along those lines. He's out there with a fancy box. Got a slot in on one end, slot in on the other, a couple knobs, a couple screws, things to make it look complicated. And this scam would involve a specially designed mahogany box, right? It's, it's about the size of a steamer truck or so. It's, it's, it's a considerable size, right? Now, this design was designed to take in bills on one end and the paper to print the, the duplicate on and a compartment containing a false arrangement of levers and mechanisms that had to be operated, if you will, to make the duplicates. Now, in order to make the the person actually understand that this worked, Lustig would ask them to give them a specific denomination of the bill. Yeah, I don't know, let's just say a $100 bill, right? And he would take this and he would put it into his uh, device along with the paper. And then he would, along, he would wait with the client right there until the duplicate was made. 
And then when it had, he would go ahead and accompany them down to the bank to authenticate that the bill was in fact a, a real $100 bill. Now, in reality, you know, the, the unsuspecting citizen, right, would be unaware of the fact that, you know, he had already concealed a genuine note within the device and the choice of the denomination was influenced by what he'd put into the box. And once this you know, once the mark, if you will, was convinced, well, Lustig would refuse to sell them the box until they offered him a high price for it. And before it was sold, well, he would pack the box with additional genuine notes to buy him the time, at least six hours per bill, to make a clean escape before they realized, wait a minute, they've been sold an empty box. Now, one of the most uh, notorious uses of this uh, of this uh, Romanian box <clears throat> was when he decided to go ahead and happen upon a Texas sheriff whom he convinced to buy the box for thousands of dollars. Now remember this is 1920. This this is thousands of dollars. Now once he'd been realized that he'd been had, well the sheriff he he, he took off for him, right? He pursued him all the way to Chicago. And once he met him again, the sheriff was gone again into believing that he just wasn't operating it correctly. And he was handed a large sum of cash as compensation, unaware that the money itself was counterfeit. The counterfeiting would eventually lead to his arrest by American law enforcement officers, which, which caused him to go ahead and die in prison a few years later. <clears throat> You know, the thing about it is, when I think about Lug, Vic, uh, Victor Lustig's Romanian box, I can't help but remind myself of what we're currently finding ourselves with our, our, our Federal Reserve. You know, on the one end, the mark, the citizen, you, I, taxpayer, believes that by the dollars, the taxpayer dollars you put in, that somehow in the end of this, mechanics on Wall Street and everything else, well, there's going to be a dollar bill or a hundred dollar bill coming out on the other end. And you tend to believe that of everything. You believe that of Wall Street. You believe that of your house. But what if it wasn't true? What if it isn't true? What if it's just all a a Romanian box that we've been sold by Jerome Powell, where we've indeed intended to go ahead and get something for nothing like the Mark did, and yet find ourselves with nothing but worthless boxes at the end, like the Texas Sheriff. You know, since 1934, there's this been this presumption in the words of the Supreme Court Justice, that sunlight is the best of disinfectants. And the whole idea of securities laws require that the box be opened and the sunlight to flood in. And it will reveal everything, including fraud and abuse. <clears throat> you know, and, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm caught up in this thought because the financial engineering that has led to the housing market being so high is so complicated. 
between mortgage-backed securities, credit default swaps, negative interest rates, and everything in between, it's difficult for the average homeowner to believe that, okay, well, I guess if I just buy the house now, automatically it will spit out money a few years later. I mean, the, the, the financial engineering that we have in the housing market alone and I'm not even talking about securities. I'm not talking about stocks. I'm not talking about mutual funds, EFTs. And I don't know anything about that. But I know housing. And I understand that the price of an average home has gone up way more than the person's average wage. And the reason why is because of all this financial wheeling and dealing and tooling and screwing and financial bailouts. In reality, it's it's hard for most real, real estate agents and, and, and investors to understand or comprehend how any of this works. And there's that parallel, yes? I mean, there not that, that the parallel between housing and the Romanian box? is what actually happens after the fraud. Once you discover, guess what? Your home's not worth what you thought it was. You know, Lustig's fraud was ingenious because, you know, honestly, the, the person who was the conned was in, in some sense, they're part of the degree of, of being complicit in it, right? I mean, they're the ones who are looking for the counterfeit machines. You can't blame Jerome Powell and, and Donald Trump for wanting negative rates and then doing what they said they're going to do. They've told you as much. It's like an addict looking for their next hit. They, they, they've told you as much that they were going to do this. And therefore, if you're a home buyer today or a home seller, and if you've experienced you know, some kind of fraud or abuse when buying a home and, and you pursue some kind of claim, well, the argument's going to be tossed in your face, isn't it? I mean, you were looking to make money from that investment, weren't you? <laughs> the, the implication is that you're the greedy one. But the, 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 the problem is, whether or not, and this is where the whole argument hinges, right? Is whether or not you as a client of a real estate agent were given informed consent about what you were getting into. In, in, what am I talking about when I say informed consent? How about agency disclosure? How about the state of the market? The reality is most clients in a real estate environment who are clients of a real estate agent can't always give this informed consent because they don't understand what the heck's going on any more than the person they're buying the home from. This is why it is so important for you to understand exactly what you're buying and exactly why you're buying it. I mean, it, look, you can, you can do all the due diligence and home inspections and, and, and price valuations and appraisals all you want. And that's going to help you avoid some of the bigger mistakes, right? I mean, that's going to make it clear for you what is an obvious mistake. 
but should also give you some insight and some understanding about where the risks are and, and give you some sort of way to form an opinion on whether or not you should buy that house or buy that condo or in that location or where's the right place to put your risk. You know, when you think about it, this is the time right now for due diligence. You should be looking to, to, to knock out, if you will, an investment that's, that's just not going to work as fast as possible. If it's not going to work for you, don't waste what you don't have time, right? And sometimes that can just really be handled by taking a quick look at, you know, the MLS listing and their offering documents, what they're the seller property disclosure statement. And sometimes, yes, you have to go to the house and understand what's going on. And, and understand when you go to the properties and you start looking at homes and you start looking at numbers and you start recognizing the forces that make the market, well, the ones that survive that process that you created, well, they're going to be reasonably priced. They're going to they're going to give you some kind of rate of return for the risk that you've involved. And then you're going to also be considering yourself with the liquidity issue, right? I mean, should you be able to buy this property and sell it if you have to? Are you making cash flow from day one? Is this the right place to allocate all your resources? Because when it comes to Vector Lustig and the Romanian box scam, putting in blank paper on one side, printing out dollars on the other. Well, this, this is not a new scam that Jerome Powell has done. This is something that he took right from the textbook of the greatest con man of all time. The man who was able to sell the Eiffel Tower twice is only going to be eclipsed by Jerome Powell's Romanian box scam robbing you of your pensions, your security, and your home values. Tell me what you think in the comments section below. And until next time, have a powerful sales day. Bye-bye.